Good morning. How are you today? Great. It's great to see you and to spend some time in God's Word with you today. My name is Mike Curtis, and I'm one of the pastors here at Trinity. It's a joy to be in God's Word with you today. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this series, Starting New. And thank you not only for the series, but thank you for the dynamic in the kingdom of God of being able to start new. Every single day in Jesus, we get to start a brand new life. And so today, God, as we focus on what our relationships in the kingdom of God and around the kingdom of God are like, I pray that you would hear these words and that you would move in them and that you would bless people through them. God, open our hearts and till the soil in them that we may receive your word and be changed through it now and forever. Amen and amen. Well, today is the fourth week of our series, Start New. As I said, we've been talking about our relationships, not only with God and with others in the church, and we're going to talk today about what our relationship has been positioned to be with those outside the church. So we started off with a conversation about how our relationship with God comes through who? Through Jesus. And then we talked about how our relationships together inside the church have purpose and meaning, mainly so that we can know God, be known by him. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to be positioned in the world to share the good news of Jesus. So today, as John said earlier, is the out conversation. I want to take us back to the scripture, as we read a few minutes ago, a snippet of a story where Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. This is the Sea of Galilee, and this is from Luke chapter 5. The scripture says the people were crowding around him and listened to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, this is interesting. I don't know if you were around in 1986 or not. 1986 was a good year. I had a blue jean jacket with Duran Duran buttons on it. Do you guys remember 1986? Am I the only one? All right, 1986 was a good year over at the Sea of Galilee as well because there were two brothers who were fishing and they stubbed their toe on something in the sand. And when they dug around it, they discovered that there was a boat there that after some scientific discovery dated back to the time of Jesus and his disciples. This is the Jesus boat, the Sea of Galilee boat, if you look it up. And in fact, the boat was 30 feet long and 8 feet wide and 4 feet deep and it was intended to be a boat mainly used for fishing. So this was not a boat that was mainly used for transportation or for leisure cruises or something like that. You couldn't buy a $30 ticket and take a cruise around, you know, the Lake of Gennesaret on one of these boats. You used it for fishing. But what's interesting about it is the way the boat is constructed, it's designed to be uh, of the kind of boat that holds a community of people. It's the kind of boat that is designed to hold a group of people and the kind of activity that they engage in is, what would you guess? Is fishing. So you're going to want to use this boat to do fishing, but the way you do fishing together is very different from perhaps the way we think of fishing. Now, uh, you don't have to raise your hand to this, but do you remember the last time you were dumped? Maybe this goes back to 1986 for you. Maybe you had a girlfriend or boyfriend who decided to move on and let you go, and maybe they didn't let you know, and someone who came alongside you and sat down and put their arm around you said, don't you worry, 
There are many more, finish it, fish in the sea. You see, you know this. And the idea is this, that if you cast another line out there, there may be another fish that you can snag and reel in. Kind of weird way to put recovery from a broken relationship, I guess, right? Maybe some of us were desperate enough to say, fish, no, don't leave me. Come back, come back. You know, the craziness of calling out to a fish that had dropped off your hook is about as crazy as it feels to share the gospel with someone sometimes, doesn't it? Here's the reason why. Because the boats that they had back then were fishing were meant to be used in community. They were meant to house a small group of people who fished together. So in other words, people didn't just go out and cast a single line. They used a full dragnet. So there might be a group of eight or ten people in this boat that are helping each other on both sides of the boat to cast a large net and then hopefully to scoop up a whole bunch of fish and bring them back into the boat. So you didn't find people out there standing in waist-high water casting drag nets, did you? That didn't really make a lot of sense. The idea was to get in a boat because the boat took you out to where? It took you beyond the shallow water into what? The deep water, because the deep water is where the numbers of fish were teeming and growing and building in mass there. So why would Jesus get in a boat and go a little bit out from shore, put out from shore in order to teach? He could have gone out into the water and stood waist high and taught. Maybe he was trying to show us an example of what it's like to use something created by people at the inspiration of God to gather us together into community. The idea is this. When you are a part of a church, and when you know God and have a relationship with God, and you are bound together with other people through the bond of the Holy Spirit, you're also called to get in a boat. Now, what does that mean? It means to circle up with a few other people and experience what it's like to travel into deep spiritual waters. Now, this is not a reach. Bear with me. It's the idea that these guys as disciples, they would get together in the boat. They'd put out to deep water. They'd throw the nets on over the side. And on a good day, what would they get? They'd get more than one fish that you can get with one line, right? They'd hopefully get a whole catch full. And on this particular day, Jesus demonstrated what that looks like when his power is at work in it. Jesus liked to take the average ordinary things and make them extraordinary. So Jesus took a boat and got out into deep water and taught. And as he did, he demonstrated what it's like to get together with other people in a small community, smaller than this. A small community that binds together in the spirit for a specific reason. It is to get into the boat of spiritual life together and put out to what, my friends? The deep water. You see, in group life, you have the opportunity to experience what it's like to go deep spiritually. Can you go deep by yourself? Well, technically true, but then you're treading water if you're out there by yourself in the deep water, aren't you? But we are called to get in the boat of small community, to embrace what that is like so that we together can stay afloat on the top of deep waters for the purpose of participating in God reaching out to others with the good news of Jesus. So my question for all of us today is this, as we open up and start to fill our small groups for the next trimester this week, 
Do you have a boat? We have tons of boats here at Trinity. And we'd invite you to get in one. When you get in a boat, you will have the capacity along with others not only to go to deep waters, but also more importantly to do what together? To fish Look at what the scripture says, Luke chapter 5, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. The thing is, is Jesus was teaching them through something they already knew very well, how to fish, that they were always intended to cast a net together. And that the net they were intended to cast together is God's word. See, they knew the nets. They knew how to clean the nets. They knew how to fold the nets and wrangle them. They knew how to store the nets. And most importantly, they knew how to cast a net. They knew that casting the net did not take place in a vacuum. That casting the net was not something one man did. Casting the net is something that a crowd does. And when that crowd does it, it has the capacity to bring in to the boat large numbers of fish. So Jesus commanded Simon after this long night of trying to catch fish on their own power, go on out there again and I'm about to show you something new. See, the power of God lies in its word and in the sharing of it together. We saw from the reading today, which was done really well, the reading of the word focused on this episode in the life of Philip and this eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch who had just come from Jerusalem worshiping, he was hanging out, probably reading back over a scripture that he had heard in worship. Which, by the way, that's a great tactic, isn't it? You see a scripture up on screen or see one in your handout, and maybe you've never spent time going deep in that before. This is an opportunity to do that with others. So the Ethiopian eunuch was out there by himself trying to interpret this scripture. And we'll put it back up again here on the screen. This is from Acts chapter 8, verse 32 and beyond. This is a quote of Isaiah 53. Here's what the eunuch was reading and trying to understand. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Now notice something about this Isaiah passage. It was written hundreds of years before these guys were, re these guys were reading it. But it was in what tense, church? The past tense. So what you've got is you've got a God who has a plan and says his plan. He delivers his plan through the word. And then he comes back later and fulfills his plan. Philip knew about this. The Ethiopian eunuch did not. So Philip sits beside him and looks at the scripture and he takes the opportunity to point out that God hundreds of years before the birth of his son has a plan and the plan is Jesus. The person who was silent before the shearers, his persecutors, the person who would go to the cross. You know, maybe the eunuch didn't know that Jesus died on the cross for him. And maybe the eunuch just needed somebody to come along and explain that to him and what that really means. You know, I had a conversation with an unbeliever the other day, and it was about a five-minute conversation the God had, uh, that God had been prompted me about. God had asked me to have this conversation in a way. 
And when I started the conversation, I started listening to the other person talk, and I got to a point where I said, you know, after our conversation previously, a few days before, in my devotion time with God, I had this scripture pop up, and I thought I would just share it with you. Now, I was kind of afraid in that moment to share the scripture with that person. You want to know why? Because I was afraid that it wasn't going to have the effect that God intended it. But in that moment, I realized I was trying to usurp the trust God called me to in himself. So I just blurted it out. And we didn't talk about it. And we haven't talked about it yet afterwards. But in that moment, I felt God's peace wash over me that I had listened to his voice and shared that scripture with that unbeliever who was even antagonistic toward the church and things of God. I don't know what God's going to do with that, but the point is this, that there is something more at work in God's word than just me saying it. Let's look at that next. Look back at the scripture from Luke chapter 5. This is verse 4 again with another emphasis. When, when he had finished speaking, the scripture says, He said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, I'm going to invite you to say these words with me. One, two, three. Because you say so. Now, this may harken back to when you were a child and you were asking your parents, why should I brush my teeth twice a day like the dentist says? And the parents say what? Because I said so. I would suggest that we are tempted to do the same thing with God. To shut ourselves off from thinking and feeling and simply do things because God said so. But I would suggest today, based on a deeper reading of the scripture, that God calls us to cast the net of his word together in community, in small group. Not just because he said so, but because Jesus is actually in the net. Now think about this for a second. You could cast a net together with your small group over the side, and depending on how cool your group is, and we have some cool groups here, don't we? You guys, we have cool groups here, right? Carol says amen. We have a ton of cool groups, which you're going to meet in a list, in a menu that we have out in the entryway later. We have a ton of cool groups, but it's not based on how cool your group is. It's not based on what kind of food your group serves. It's not based on the place in which your group meets. It's not even based on the curriculum your group uses, which, by the way, all of us are going to be studying something together this trimester. Super cool, right? Now, I don't care who you are. That's just cool. But the thing is this. None of it works without Jesus. It only works with Jesus. And when you cast that net together, cast the word of God together, believing that Christ is in the word, then what you're doing is you're not doing the work. You are participating in work that has already been done. And God calls us to do that from the boat because he's with us. And not only that, he's in the net so remember when you were dumped and you cast the line back out there and you're like, please fish, come back. Jesus is in the net calling the fish. So when the fish come, who gets the glory? Jesus does. Who deserves the glory, you guys? He does, doesn't he? He's the one who does it. Look at this from Psalm 96. 
We have this in our worship. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, Yahweh, all the earth. Sing to the Lord and praise his name. And then it says, proclaim his salvation day after day. Let me ask you a question. How often did the disciples fish in their normal vocation? Six days a week. And then they took what day off, you guys? They took off the Sabbath, right? But they didn't just fish for one hour, one day a week. And they didn't just look to one person to gather the fish like the head fishermen. They got together in a boat and went out into deep water. And at the command of Christ and by his power, the boat was filled. Not by what they did. Not by how cool they were, though I thought they were pretty cool. But by how amazing Jesus is. We're going to have time to spend together in Genesis this trimester. Out front, we're going to talk about signing up for a small group starting today. Our new trimester starts the first of February, first week of February. And for the first time in the spring, in the winter and spring, we as a church are going to gather together around the same texts of Scripture. You will have at your side, at your beck and call through the power of the Spirit, the opportunity to get into a boat, to join a small group or even to start one, to gather together the scripture from Genesis, to find out how to cast the net of God's word around you into the relationships you already have, and to witness Christ at work in the net, not by your own power, but by what God does in you and through you We'll have that opportunity starting today to sign up. But my friend, listen, this is not just a shameless pitch to get you to join a small group ministry. What this is, is connecting all of us to the deep work of Jesus Christ. That deep work happens in the boat. That deep work happens when we cast the same net together in unison. And that deep work is the work of Jesus. It is his work. He is the one who does it. And he is the one who lovingly calls us to participate in it. The small group venue is just a vehicle for that. But what you find is you find relationships that are built on the strength and the power of a loving God who wants every single person who will come into his kingdom to come. Would you agree with that? Amen? Every single one. Every single one is precious. Everyone who will not listen to the word of God like you will in a church, but might listen to the word of God from you as a member of your group. You know, when Philip approached that Ethiopian, he was full of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the scripture talks about him being led by the Spirit. And he had just come from gathering together with his group of people who the Spirit infused together a solid communal faith. That's what we're talking about here. Do you have that faith in your life? If you don't, this is a huge opportunity for you. And if you do... It's a great opportunity to be encouraged. God's going to use you and your faith, your communal faith, to bring new fish into the boat. That is why we are here, so that more may come to know him.
Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to climb into the boat. Thank you for giving us a God who not only relates to us and works in and through us, but shows us by the power of his very example that he is the one who does the work of gathering the people who are out. So God, as we see that work happen and trust you all the more for it, we pray that you would use us as a part of that great work. Gather us into our boats and bring us out to deep water for that is where your work begins and finds its completion. We ask all this in your name and pray together. Amen and amen.